Welcome to No Life Fresno. Come with us and meet your neighbors as we dive into the world of Fresno art, music, food, culture, and everything in between. Well, howdy, howdy, folks. This is Jonathan Lofi with No Life Fresno, and I'm on the front porch of my own fucking house uh, with my buddy Ted Nunes here, um, and we're enjoying the cloudy weather, looming thunderstorms. It's beautiful. Um, excited that the Tower Theater has been purchased by the city. That's pretty cool. Um, anywho, Ted Nunes is a local musician who plays folk, Americana, country, uh, all-around badass. So welcome to the show. Thank welcome. you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, so right off the bat, what is your relationship with Fresno and how long have you been here? Um, so, started playing music. I grew up in Visalia and started playing in a band and played in a band called Green Machine. They were in Hanford. That was the very first band that I ever played. And uh, we used to practice in Hanford. And one night we got a, my first gig, I think, in Fresno was at Club Fred. And that was in, gosh, it had to have been like 2003, maybe, 2004, I would think. When, like when you moved to Fresno? Or? No, before I moved to Fresno. Okay. Yeah, so it was like, and that was my first introduction like to playing in Fresno. We opened up, we, we were like a jam band, kind of like, we were like a jam band rock thing. Okay. And we got put on a bill with a bunch of like punk rock bands from San Francisco. Right. Okay. So you're like, jam band punk. So it's like, right. how long were these jam songs? Like? It was like, we were, well, we'd play like, you know, like 10 or 12 minutes. Like, and, then, and then two minute, one minute, 30, 30 totally. bands were like, yeah. this is Yeah. Ludicrous. But it was like this thing, it was funny because it was like, I said, I don't know, yeah, I was like 23 maybe at the time, maybe, or, or I think I was like 22, 23. Anyways, yeah. That was my first gig. <coughs> in Fresno and then since then it was like I drive up to from uh, Visalia and do gigs up in Fresno quite a bit um, with other bands I played in uh, Wadaba with Jer Jeremy Hofer okay and did like Kyle Oaks and all those guys and, um, and then moved up to Fresno eight years ago nine years ago it's been nine years probably now. Nine years, I'd say. Moved to Tower. It's the same place that I'm at now. Yeah. So. <coughs> but yeah, I've always liked... I've always liked playing up here. I've always liked... I'm, yeah, Fred. I mean, I, I when we were playing up here, then it was really cool because it was like Starline at the time. And uh, it was really fun to go, to go to like Starline and check out the band at Starline. Sure. And walk down to Fred and check out Fred's do the whole loop, you know? It was interesting you say that because someone I was talking to, conversing with uh, about the music scene, was saying the same thing back in the day where you can go to these different clubs and it was like a different couple act. Yeah. And so I think that's something very special. Yeah, that was, it's weird, it's weird that it's been, it's not so much that anymore. There still is, you know, it still is. Right. It's kind of shifted to like Goldstein's, you know, like, like Goldstein's and I think Lucy's is doing a lot of like kind of local music kind of a thing. Uh, Benny's does stuff still, you know what I mean, around that tower area. Sequoia has, has some bands and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know, I've just been 
I seriously have been playing music and just uh, doing the solo acoustic thing a lot, playing like little my like my weekly gigs, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's like my thing. I feel like I feel like I've been doing that forever, playing like little solo acoustic gigs. And I'm so used to that. I'm so used to doing that on a week to week basis. Um, so like, wh- you know, when did you start playing guitar? Um, I got <coughs> I got my first guitar when I was 18, 17, 18 for Christmas. But before that, I was like in like eighth grade. Uh, a friend of mine, he was way into the Black Crows, and so we were listening to like sh- the Shaker Money Maker record. Like that was like the big. Is that Shaker Money Maker? Yeah, that's the first Black Crows record. I think so. Um, yeah, we're listening to that, and she talks to Angels, and he was learning that riff on the guitar, and so he started playing like songs like he'd start writing songs on the guitar right it's, it's kind of funny because he was writing songs on the guitar and i was like making up words and we'd write we'd, i'd sing and he would play and sing and play but he was only using one string mm-hmm. and we would joke about like that we would daydream about the day where we could use all of the strings on the guitar like, so you had you had a guitar with only one string no we had full, it was fully strong but we just didn't know how to play the guitar okay you know I, I mean? hey like, <laughs> bass players for starting yeah you know what i mean it was that playing the one strings. We had these one string songs that we would do. Um, and then in high school, uh, friends of mine played in bands and whatnot. I don't know, I kind of daydreamed about it. Wanted to kind of maybe play. And then yeah, I ended up getting a guitar for Christmas. And for my birthday, I got a, uh, a VHS tape. that was a uh, learn to play guitar on VCR by Larry Little. And, I, and it's on YouTube somewhere. And when I look at it now, I'm like, man, he's like a total creep. Like, whatever, got it, you know? It's like, it like just kind of like has this death stare, you know? Okay. Talks very monotone, you know? That, yeah. But, you know, I learned to play, like, he taught how to, he, t- he taught, uh, I learned uh, the first song, I think, was uh, Stand By Me and House of the Rising Sun and uh, Stand By Me, House of the Rising Sun and Pretty Woman. Those are, like the first three songs that I learned how to play. Would you say like those are like some of your main inspirations or some of your inspirations how you got started playing music and, and which led into uh, you know you playing folk Americana? Well, yeah. Well, it was in high school when I was like so before I played guitar, learned really learned how to play guitar like my freshman and uh, sophomore year. I got turned on to the Grateful Dead. Okay, and that's like so you're dead, huh? That's my that dude. That's that was my. <laughs> That was my beginning of. It's funny because it was like all paths for me led from the dead. It seems like. I mean, I was listening to. I got turned on. I think. I think a lot of people go through this. I think a lot of people go through. <coughs> like, this evolution of, listening to what's on the radio. Yeah. Um, what's on MTV or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah, sensation. When, when MTV actually played right, fucking right. music, now it's reality TV. Yeah, my sister and my <laughs> sister and my brothers were like. I was watching like Headbangers Ball when I was yeah. like in the eighth grade or something, like seventh grade, and like. But at the same time, though, it was like you know listening to that, and then I think it was my freshman year in high school. I I went and saw there was a show at Raging Records downtown Visalia, and it was uh, the band Plaid Retina. If that ever sounds familiar? It's a punk band. Yeah. Um, 
and I remember going and seeing them. There was some band playing. That's all I knew. And I went and checked it out. And it was just packed. Uh, Raging Records was packed. It was just people outside. And I think it was like the first time that it dawned on me that music could exist outside of the radio. You know what I mean? Music could yeah. be like there was it was a viable thing for people to play music and not be in the mainstream. But yeah, I think people go through this kind of like classic rock, get turned on to all that stuff. And <clears throat> yeah, it was through the the dead really. When I got into the dead, I think it was like their re- album Reckoning, and they did these three night runs in the '80s where they did an acoustic set and two electric sets, and they recorded the acoustic set and put that as I put that out as a record, like a compilation of all those nights. And I remember like being like. I think I'd just gotten my guitar at that time and listening to those records, those acoustic records, that and that, and just being like, that's what I want to do. Like something about this old time, you know what I mean? I sure. think it's this old time sound. I mean, Jerry was totally influenced by like bluegrass and like just old like sea shanties and stuff like sure, that you yeah know what i mean like just this old super kind of like old world traditional music you know and he yeah well him and david grisman put out these records of like of all those old time tunes you know what i mean off to see once more and kind of stuff like that like um but yeah through that to me that's what kind of led me down this path of um through the dead it was like Hearing songs the dead were doing and, and realizing, oh, that was a Dylan song. Oh, Dylan. I didn't know that was Dylan. And that's the thing, too. Like, you know, I, I have to come forward. I don't really know much about the Grateful Dead. Yeah. To be, to be, you know, to be truthful. And, it, you know, except the memes I see or whatever. Right, so right. It's interesting when you're saying this where it's like, I always just think of like teddy bears and then like right. the skull and then like Jerry Garcia and then like, you know, people dropping acid. acid and yeah, it must totally be like so. And, and it's, but really, at the end of the day, you're, it's like, Oh, this this is like folk music. It's total, it, you know. It's total psychedelic. <laughs> like it's not psychedelic in the terms of like Jimi Hendrix, maybe, or even right. Pink Floyd psychedelic. It's like a bunch of bluegrass players drumming acid. Yeah, you know so I mean? it's like instead of playing super fast, it's <laughs> like this mid tempo. Like oh, it's a mid tempo. Yeah, it and becomes, it's, it becomes Americana. <laughs> totally, it's this folk. It's this. Um, yeah, I think Jerry. I think I, I remember seeing some kind of. Inf- uh, Thing that he wanted to do like rock music, like rhythm and blues rock music, but the way to play it in a way that bluegrass players play, in the sense of that the instruments like there's a conversation going like it's your turn to take the solo and I'm queuing you up. I'm gonna build up this solo. I'm gonna drop it down and then that's your cue to go. It's in. very similar. To, you know what I mean? Observing uh, jazz music. It's, bluegrass, it's, 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 it's yeah. so like the dead were so. That's exactly like their whole jamming sections were not. They didn't play jazz improvisation, but they took they took their their cue from that in the sense of the solo will start in a yeah. traditional solo. But then as the solo goes on, the bass starts getting more dissonant, the drums get more dissonant, until it turns into this swirly kind of thing that they all bring it back home again, actually, yeah. you know? But yeah, so like, yeah, so it was like these, all these avenues of like, oh, there's Dylan, and then I started listening to, and then I got really into Dylan, and then I would always like read like a Dylan book or, or 
watch some documentary on it. Like, I just geek out on music documentaries sure. in general. But then I'd geek out on Dylan documentary and then um, realize that all the all the old-time players were accusing him of ripping off Woody Guthrie. Right. And then, I, so I was like, Woody Guthrie is Woody? And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, and then I started listening to Woody Guthrie. And, yeah, so it was like through the dead, it was all that. But yeah, I was huge deadhead, like, fully, like, immersed in that whole scene, like, <coughs> yeah, because when I started playing guitar, it was like, there was, like, a whole, my first few years of playing guitar, it, like, I mean, prior to that, I used to write in a poetry book, and I used to write, and I was, like, into, like, I don't know, just weird poetry, I just wanted to write now stuff. Now, what would you, you know describe I mean? as, like, weird poetry? I don't know. It was like psychedelic, like me at 15, 16, dropping acid, and okay. like writing in my book, you know, like kind of a thing. Like, sure, I, I, can. I ate a lot of acid when I was younger. Yeah. Probably wasn't good for my brain cells at that age. You, know, but, you, know, yeah. you write really brilliant songs. Um, Thank you. Speaking of brilliant songs, you have a new single that you're releasing, or is it already released? Yeah, I have. I had. I, re I released a single, Green Flash, in, in February, and then. Um, yeah, I'm re releasing a new one called Real Contessa, and that'll be out um, the 29th. So that's really, this month. That's so awesome. April 29th. So I really like the song. Um, I, the, the books that I heard, I think it's beautiful. Do you do you care to like share about the song's meaning or? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I was just. I, I'm trying to think of like. I think I was totally got. I feel like when I write songs, so this is to me, it was influenced by like. Um, like the band or something like okay, that like a yeah. Levon Helm thing you know what I mean like and I'll do that when I write songs in general I find or I'll like I'll hear something I'll listen to and I'm always trying to like listen to something new or whatnot Absolutely. And, and I'm always listening to and I find myself listening to I'll hear something and there'll be a melody line that happens right. in, in their song, and I'll be like, and it'll, and I'll want the melody line to go somewhere else, but yeah. it doesn't go that yeah. way. So I'll stop the recording because I don't want to hear any more of that song, and I want to take that little bit of that first melody line, okay. yep. you know what I mean, the first half of it, and I want to use it. And I don't want to hear the rest of this, their song because I don't want it to influence. Like I don't want to get uh, whatnot. But but yeah, I think there was like a, a song with the band that I heard that I was like a groove or something like that. And then, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just, it's like a song about, um, it's just a story about a, uh, a guy, a fictional story about, uh, Old West and, uh, the Gold Rush in San Francisco, and it's about a guy who goes to, leaves the Midwest to go to San Francisco to, I mean, to the up to Auburn. In my, in my mind, it was like a guy coming out through yeah. Sacramento up to Auburn. Now, was there like cool. a train involved? Like, you're thinking in your mind when you're writing this, is like, you know, because yeah. you know, maybe the audience can relate to this, but when you're writing a song, you're writing a song, it's like, when you're writing a song, because my brain does this, where uh -huh. it's like, I set the landscape in my brain as I'm writing the lyrics. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, is it totally, weird? yeah. I'm just picturing, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's like one line after another, you know what I mean? It's like, um, the, yeah, like I can picture like the landscape, and I can picture what the guy looks like, and then it's like then I can picture I was like, okay, where's he going next? You know what I mean? Within that within that space, you know what I mean? Sure. Is that can I? Absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, thank you. And then 
so yeah, I can picture that whole. I can picture that whole landscape, and then I start to go down that path, and I just follow it where it goes. You know what I mean? Like I let the story. I never really start with a ending in mind at all with the song. I I just let it go. I just kind of follow the path, and it kind of ends up landing somewhere. You know? I can totally relate to that, and and I understand that and maybe people in the audience can understand it too where sometimes brains operate in a certain way where like at least how my brain operates yeah. like having it open-ended or like room like you can go back and change it it's not mean that like you can't not totally you can edit later i think for me like songwriting in general for me has always been like a game of and this is like i little pieces like these doc, i was telling you the documentaries <laughs> i listen to, i watch or read or anything I'm honestly trying to, I'm honestly trying to find any kind of tool that I can use. Like, so like, I mean, it's like, I would watch, I mean, in today's world, I could watch a million different videos on songwriting, how to write a song. Yeah. Like I would, I could watch anybody's, I'd be interested in watching anybody's Nashville A&R guy telling anybody teaching you how to write a song in the sense of like and I would watch that because I'm thinking to myself he might say something there might be one little thing that's going to spur something on me or that I'm going to be able to take and put in my pocket yeah. and use later you know what I mean like a tool like he'll say one little thing uh -huh. and I'll be like I could use that and I'll put it in my pocket you know and, and something you know it's like you take everything with a grain of salt it's not like no there's no fine there's no right way to write a freaking and I, song and I think that's wonderfully said uh because, you know, being a songwriter myself and maybe people in the audience relate to this and being creative and, you know, you get these things like, this is what you do. And I, and I remember my sister uh, bought me an audio copy of How to Write a Song, How to Write One Song by Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, that's and great. I, 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 I read I, that, and yeah. I, and I was like, wait, is, is Jeff Tweedy narrating it? I'm like, yes, I would rather have the, like... It's fucking rad. That and so the, rad. And hearing that is, like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, it's not about... This is how your brain operates, and it's just <coughs> you also using these tools, but then there's community around you, and supporting that community, and, and just also being gentle on yourself. And I think it, it's it's a lovely, lovely thing. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. <laughs> no, that, that there's a bunch of good. There there is a thing. It was actually really funny because it was uh, I did a I started giving guitar lessons recently, and yeah. Uh, and this where you guitar lessons at? Well, I did guitar. It was a one. I was only one lesson. It's only one student actually. I had one student. I got one student, and uh, he uh, he was 16 at the time. He's now 18. And uh, we sat down, and it was like he wanted guitar lessons. And I was like, well, what do you want to learn? And sure. he was like, well, I don't know. I just want to be able to like sit and play songs. He already knew open chords. Yeah. He knew how to play. He knew how to play shape an open chord. He knew how to strum. And I was like, do you? or whatever he's like well I kind of wrote one song you know and he sings he's got an amazing voice and uh, we sat down and I was like well I don't know do you want to just make this a songwriting thing like where we I can just kind of I mean I think I can I feel like I can help people I don't know I don't know if I can help people but I feel like I can teach or I can unlock songwriting in a way like because sure. I think everybody can do it I think I think the biggest hang-up for anybody that's wanting to write a song is that uh, you, you meet, I've met, because I think it's through my time playing music in 
meeting great guitar players and great singers and they're like, oh, I'm not a songwriter. I don't write songs. I can't write songs. And they've written like one or two in their lives. And then probably the biggest thing that they've ever done, and maybe this is totally relatable for people, is that they've written like one or two songs that they've been working on for the last like 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still working on this to make it perfect. You know what I mean? Sure. And, yeah. the, and the biggest thing that I taught to this guy was that, um, that uh, he, that, that I got from Dylan was, Something about uh, they asked him about what it, what he felt about how um, his song was being stolen. If someone stole one of his songs, and how would he feel about that? And he's like, I don't really care. I'll write another one tomorrow. Like it was that idea of like I don't like steal my song. I'll write another one. Like this idea of like it's a volume. Like it's like for Dylan, it was like a volume game. Like it was just, and I I believe that. Like I believe that it's like you're gonna write ten songs and you're gonna get one that you really really like. Let's write another one. And don't get hung up on this song that you're writing. Like, don't don't get worried that this song that you're you're, you're so hung up on this one song yep. that you're writing and that you gotta make it perfect. Realize that you're gonna write four more tomorrow. Tomorrow you're gonna write four more songs, and then the day after that you're gonna write another three, and you're gonna do that for the rest of your life. Like, so it's like, but you're spending all this energy, and and there's times where I have songs that that I really like. That I still haven't really released, and I still don't really play live because I really don't know what to do with them. But I, but I just put them away and I just keep writing, you know. And, and I, I love because I, I feel like our brains are very similar in how we write because I do the same thing. Like I am people that have played in bands with me or collaborated with me, um, and maybe the audience relates to this too. Different creative sects of creating. Well, I tend to just keep going and then people like well wait like what about that um, and then you just move on the next thing you just, you're, you're, right because your brain just needs, needs to keep moving um, that's the healthiest thing I um, but is so all the songs you've written uh, is there a couple songs to you that stick out to you that you when you listen to yourself <coughs> playing or the one before <coughs> you're like yeah I, it's like every time you're like yeah is there a song that I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you don't have to have an answer. It's kind of hard. I mean, it's there are a couple songs I think. Um, It'll be on the record that uh, Ted did this. Okay, we're No, but it's like it's like there's that like um, everyone. Had, uh, oh, I guess yeah. Oh, I have a song called Old Crow. Okay. That's that has no chorus, and it's just a stroke. It's just kind of it's like four or five verses to the end. And I think I love it more than anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's great because like, the songs that like, it's not like the it's not a song that I think of that I've ever played that someone you know I mean it's, you know that I don't know yeah it's one of those songs where it's I like it and I and I have a few of them like to me I feel like I have like a handful of songs that I that I really that I really like but I also go into this thing of um, where I have I I really feel so that the the other edge of that sword of writing and moving on, writing and moving on, writing and moving on, which I'm trying to learn now is the whole editing process. Yeah. That's like, you know editing? I, mean? I know, right? What is editing? I'm trying to learn the whole editing process. And that's, yeah. And that's where, like, that's where I feel like that, I think that's my evolution, I think, in, for me in songwriting is, is being a better editor and uh, being a better at, like, refining songs and being patient enough to refine the song um yeah but there's times where i'm like i could change that word 
I could change that word. But I mean, it's like I go back to where like, I think it was like Willie Nelson, like you sit down and write a song and once you write it, you're done. There's no editing, you don't edit. Like, like that's his kind of, that was his kind of, that's the way he feels about the whole thing. And that's, you know and I, mean? I think that's the thing about creativity and, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. There it's isn't. just being true to your heart. And you just have to be as authentic as you possibly can be. Like, if when it, my whole thing when I write songs, I, I think to myself, I have to try and get. It's like we're all the same, right? Like everybody on this planet, we all we're all. I think we're all connected, and I think we're all we all feel the exact same things. And we we've been told our whole lives that we're a snowflake, and and there's truth to that. There's truth to that, but our underlying core needs and desires and all that and fears and all of that stuff it's universal and this you might look at someone and think that they don't have the same fears that I have that they do right. and so I think to myself if I can write a song and I'm going to write it from a place and for me like writing is a lot of it is like depending on what I want to write if I want to if I'm in a mood to like write a funny story-ish upbeat tempo yeah. fun a fun song something just fun just a fun story that you can laugh at I like that's fun too you know what I mean I think that's healthy you know, you know yeah or I'm feeling something really painful and I need to write about it and I try and write it every when I, whenever I write those songs though I always try and feel like the root of what I'm feeling what's the most core possible root of what I'm feeling in this moment how can I simplify that down into its just the simplest terms and if I feel like if I can do that and I can say that with every line then that will resonate with somebody else yeah you know what I mean because it's it's as human as it possibly can be like if you can only just that, that space when you're writing then yeah then it's I think you that's when you're doing your job at least you know what I mean because I mean that's what songs have done to me sure you know and like, I, like I, I, listening I, to it I definitely uh, what you're saying results with me personally uh, other people might have different goals too. Um, um, I'm kind of segueing and switching gears, but it's the same principle. Like um, running into you and seeing you out in the tower and stuff. Uh, you know, when I was talking to you about, hey, I'm doing this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I admire you from afar. I didn't know that you that well maybe I just forgot oh no dude I always check out your stuff and so dude. I was like oh shit and that's what I love about Fresno mm -hmm. where it's this this kind of thing connected where, yeah everyone's kind of connected um, like I think everybody I think every band in Fresno has seen everybody play more so than a few times what, what do you what do you what do you love about Fresno um I love the I love the Tower District that's probably the top of my list mm -hmm. you know what I mean when it comes to Fresno in general like and it was not a it was not a I remember not being a very big fan of Fresno when I was living in Visalia growing up in Visalia and it was but I think it was like centered around Fashion Fair Mall you know sure. what I mean or yeah. centered around like just kind of Clovis you know what I mean like the, the my, suburban thing and this sort of mm -hmm. this you well, it can't just, be weird or like it's like yeah yeah weird. no but then when I started when I came came up here and played Fred's for the first time like that was my first kind of exposure and playing starting to play Starline and starting to play music up here in Tower mm -hmm. that was like when I was like oh this is cool 
No, yeah, I, I, I actually the same thing happened yeah, to no. me when I came here. Uh, you know, people may know this in the audience that I came from a fundamentalist past, and mm -hmm. you know, when I came to Tower as a kid to watch shows, I was like, "That's the bad place." And then all of a sudden, I saw <laughs> you're like, walk. "No, this is the best place." Well, this ever. is the best place. It took me a while, but this is the best place. Right, it's no. where I want to be. <laughs> exactly. No, it, I mean it really is. I mean Tower is such a little. I mean, it's it's like its own little city. You know, yep. it's its own little microcosm. It's I love it, and I love, yeah. So Tower for sure, definitely. And I love the music. Like I like, I love the music scene. You know what I mean? Like I really, I mean, I think everybody wishes it could be more, but I think that's kind of normal. You know, I think everybody wishes they could, it could be and something I, and more. And I think somehow. that's the beautiful thing of. of Fresno is there is community, strong community, and then and then there's the hard discussions and having honest discussions, and that's never in a way because that's what community is. It's right. Like everyone's going to agree on the approach or how to do it, but at least the conversation's happening and people being vulnerable and being respectful um, and making people feel safe. I think yeah. Is, I, what I love about this area, I mean, I would imagine you agree with that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. So on the other hand, like. What opportunities or improvements do you like to see in Fresno? Because you kind of you know like, the Tower Theater got taken care of, or yeah, Tower Theater got taken care of. So that's, that's a swift improvement. That was, yeah, that was weird. But the you know the, weird, the conversation is still happening. Where like, there's still lots of work to be done. And, and yeah, so, and I wish. I mean, honestly, I don't know enough to like chime in with Town Tower Theater. You can, you know. I mean, it's not about, it's about how Fresno can improve in your mind. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I wish. I honestly wish the Tower Theater was a hub of music, like touring acts. Like I really wish the Tower Theater was, you know. Or I wish that. I wish that's. I wish we had. I wish any of our theaters really mm -hmm. Warner's. I wish any of our theaters could be a venue where, you know, any major touring act would stop through and play. You know, like I wish that was like a, you know, we had a Fox Theater Oakland kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse played at Warner's. I remember that show. I wasn't able to make it. It was, it was. I got to go see one night there, and it was just. I mean, it was just epic. I can't think I'm of another very, word for you know what I very mean. Jealous. It was well. Neil Young was a huge influence for uh, me. I, like, yeah. Like I got when I was into the, getting into the, the dead. When I was getting when I was getting into the dead. When I was getting into the dead, I was and playing acoustic guitar. A buddy of mine, um, who we he kind of I learned to play guitar from him and another uh, his name Joe Perry, and then a friend of mine, uh, Mike Davis. These two guitar players were like. The guitar players that I looked up to when I was playing, learning how to play guitar, and so like I learned so much of what the way I play from them. But they were like really into Neil Young, and I was listening to a lot of acoustic Neil Young stuff. And I never really got super into Crazy Horse. Like I really liked his acoustic playing a lot. And I just realized that over the last couple years that I play with a very per like kind of a percussive style a lot of the time. And to me, that's like totally. I was like, oh, that's Neil Young. That's how Neil. That's where I got that from. Like, yeah, like it makes total sense. Like, well, yes. Anyway, seeing Neil Young and and Warner, like, like, just seeing his guitar. It's the same, you know, Blackie. I think or not Blackie. That's new. That's uh, that's. I'm saying that's Eric Clapton's guitar. That guy's an idiot. 
That's um, <laughs> also like a, you know, Eric Clapton naming it. Yeah, that's a poor choice of words on Eric yeah. Clapton's behalf. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't, gosh, why can't I think of Neil Young's guitar? This is Gibson. Anyways. He's got a Gibson uh, Les Paul, and he plays usually that little tweed amp, that tweed fifties. Yeah, that's like known for the you know. And just best. and that thing was screaming through Warner's. Like that's the thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Just screaming, like, like, yeah. And that was just to see that, and just to be there, and just all that goodness. But yeah, I wish that that was a place that the that that either Tower Theater or any of the freaking theaters, you know what I mean? Frank's place would be freaking amazing to have touring acts come through and play like I would love to see that that would be like the top of my list I think if we could somehow you know but I mean it's like you know you're also kind of looking at it from the terms of you know I not necessarily think I think that's the hiccup I think with Fresno is too is that I mean it's such a Fresno seems like a, such a small town, but it's pretty darn big, you know what I mean, with Clovis, you know what I mean? Are yeah. we pushing like a million people or something like that, or is that, uh, like that number off? I mean, the, county, the county's pretty big. With Clovis and yeah, Clovis I mean, included, like this whole area? The county, you know? the, the county is a million people, but Fresno City, give yeah. and take, and I know, I think... It's like a know, half a million I or think something, or more. You know, last night, you know, the population of Tower like 65,000 and so it's like you think uh, we could support it you know what I mean you think we could support like I don't know I would think that we could support it but I think that that's the hang up though is that a lot of it is we're just not there's just not enough of us I feel like to support you know having a show at Warner's Theater and selling it out because that's what they want you know what I mean any band coming through that's would play theaters that are playing Oakland Fox or playing, right. mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I wish they would make this a stop before they go hit the little turn in LA or something or whatever they do, you know? And there have been times in my personal experience, maybe the audience can relate to this, where I played shows and touring bands would come in and act like they're gracing us with their presence because yeah. they're from a certain city that snubs down on it. I'm going, nah, like, you know. No, I know. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, too. I think that's, like, kind of, like... I mean, I don't know. I think that... I think that's kind of... I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right words, you know? But it's, like, I've experienced that, and I think... But at the same time, I've also been the out-of-town band, too. You know what I mean? Where it's, like... I think it's just this out-of-town band vibe, you know? And I think that... I think a lot of... I think a lot of places really like the out of town, out of town vibe. Like that. What advice? Uh, so you know, you've been playing music a long time. You have a lot of wisdom. Um, what advice would you give to folks starting out playing music or creating or people that are still <coughs> playing? Um, I don't know. Like. I guess it depends, like, like, what, like, what are you thinking, like, maybe, like, honestly, when it comes to, like, the whole marketing end, and, and, like, getting known, and getting out there, I don't really know what that answer. is, yeah, you know what I mean? Hey, here to work on the water heater, can I just go in? Yeah, should be open. Oh. Um, yeah, when it comes to, like, the whole marketing, and getting out there, and 
making a name for yourself. I have no idea what that looks like. I'm, I'm horrible with that. I well, don't, you I know, really this don't. is why I interview because I wanted answers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wanted answers, Ted. I need answers. How do you, how do you get... Uh, I don't know. That's why I brought you here. I need, yeah. <laughs> I need, I need you to figure this out. I need to market. This is, this is, I, need, I need to get a marketing plan now. <laughs> now. Now. Today. Um, <laughs> but I, don't, I, honestly, I have no idea like how to... Yeah, I don't know what that means. And I, I mean, I've had some theories. This idea of like, you know, like... But it's, it's all... Honestly, the theories are all relatable to how do you get big and... Or how do you sell how do you fill Fulton 55 sure how do you fill how would one go about you know playing strummers and packing strummers when they played better right I mean this is all kind of music of how do you become big in Fresno you know like how do you you know and that whole equation is like I don't know I don't necessarily it depends on what your goals are I guess I don't really I don't know I never really set out to be like the reason I would want to play Fulton and be able to have an open and standing invitation to come play Fulton whenever I wanted to play Fulton, for example, yeah, is because it sounds cool when you're on stage. Like it's not, it's really really fun to play through a big house speaker, like it through is. a big house, like it. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun for me. Like it's Absolutely. totally selfish and totally. No, it's not. It's you actually, know what I mean? Like no, but it's it's actually that's like it's fun to play shows in that environment. Like so, like. If I think in those terms, and I think, okay, what do I have to do to, in order to make that happen? Um, I don't know. It would be, um, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Playing less. I think. I, I think. I think maybe. I've always wondered what it would be like if I played shows in Fresno. If I, if I only played, you know, three times a year. If I only performed three times a year, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, could I? drag a large group of people out to a show at any given time and maybe you know what I mean I mean I also play you know my, every Monday and I'll play probably on Thursday and so if you miss the Thursday show you can always have, you know it's one of those and things so where it's like yeah. and I'm so used to playing that way though too like I don't know if I'd want to give that up I don't know if I'd want to give up playing like there's something for me I've always just liked having a long standing weekly gig where I get to go out and I get to set up my gear and I get to just run through my songs. And that's another thing that I, I feel like I've gotten really, really lucky with. Yeah. And it's been really super lucky for me is that I've never had to learn a crap ton of cover songs that I don't want to play, you know? Yeah. And in order to play a three-hour set. Like, that's been... I've been super lucky with that. And Glenn Delpit is, a, is one of those guys that I just really admired. And he's... Fresno guy, um, amazing. Up at the subterranean. Yeah, but his my favorite though, and I love the subs, and everybody loves the subs, and the subs are great. And nothing against the the full band, but my favorite is definitely Glenn Solo. Mm -hmm. Just like his, all of his songwriting is just is stellar. Like all of it is, and um, but yeah, he would go there and he would he would play a three hour set, and he would just bang out some covers, some old blues stuff, but a lot of it was his original stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, and it somehow kind of blended into this thing. And so for me, it was like me growing up and like really wanting to like, I think all my Americana stuff that I write is all, when I first started writing songs, it's like I was trying to write a song that I think the dead might play. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like from that. like American Beauty or Working Man's Dead, like those early records where it was really kind of this country folk Americana 
Grateful Dead sound. It was like, you know, like what would be a song that would be sound similar to like Friend of the Devil or something like that? Like what would be a, that would be in that same kind of vibe that, you know, it could be Friend of the Devil could play and then this song would come right after it. It's, you know it's honestly, I mean? I, my like brain operates the same way whereas like, like I envision yeah. playing like, I hear Towns Bounds out song. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I want to write something in that vein. I want to write something that I feel like that it would be a town song. And I think that's, to me, like, when people say who your influence is, that's what an influence is to yeah. me. You know what I mean? I think Absolutely. It's, it's like, man, if I could somehow write a song that would sound like something that they wrote because it, I loved it so much, you know? Like, I guess I, I guess there's a lot, you know... I guess people do want to write, and there's a lot of musicians out there. I mean, hell, I guess Jack White is one of those guys in the mainstream right now that's trying to do stuff that nobody's ever really heard. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to, he's trying to, he's always trying to write something that he's, that he's never written before, and that he's, and then, and that's a whole other can of worms. It's a whole other way of being a musician and a songwriter and living your, yeah, living your existence and in music. Like, there's a whole bunch of different ways where music kind of just encompasses this big umbrella of things. But, but yeah, I think I always try to write, yeah, anything that sounded like that. So all my folk and stuff like that all came from came from that space. I think that's uh, coming full circle. You know, it's like earlier really we were talking about Grateful Dead and the jam, which is jam, and I feel like a part of that is like being inspired by other people and you're growing up watching this and then you get, you know, integrate into a community Fresno, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like this long jam that is fitting perfectly and there's some chaos but then it all comes together yeah oh yeah <laughs> totally man it's like the whole thing is a big improv thing uh, you know what I, I mean I, I, I actually don't know what the fuck we're doing <laughs> totally. it's, it's we're all just riffing <laughs> off each other oh yeah um but so yeah <laughs> well, um what are you looking forward to? I know you know you've got shows like be uh, for the audience. So what do you play on weeknights? Oh, so right now I've been doing every Mondays at Lucy's, like from uh, I do like a six to nine kind of a thing, um, and I've been liking it. It's been fun. It's been fun. Like it's it's super mellow. It's yeah. It's been I've been liking it though. I've been liking it. It's been good. And so um, I'm doing that right now. I got the single release um, coming out. And then you have a band camp? Yeah, I've got a band camp and, uh, and SoundCloud and all that stuff. It's all under Ted Nunes. Um, website Ted Nunes. Um, but, uh, but it was actually funny because this year is like the first year I did not... We, I got hooked up with... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh... Joe Costa, he's in, he's in, uh, he's in Visalia Native, and he's total, total, like, country radio, like, full-on. Okay. <coughs> Grew up on that stuff, writing that stuff. Uh, moved, they moved to Nashville. They have an act, Joe and Martina, and they, they are out in Nashville, and they've been out there for the last 10 years and whatnot, okay, yeah. and they've been, and he does, uh, he records and produces kind of stuff, and that's kind of, like, his side gig now, he's like, producing other Nashville you know guys that are moving to Nashville yeah. they need a they need a record yeah where do I go you know they go to Joe and whatnot and so it's just connected with him and he's so quick about recording and so quick about everything and so 
had this idea of like, oh, let's just maybe we should connect with him and when he's back in town because he comes to town every once in a while. So we recorded a couple songs with him. We're going to record a whole nother, um, uh, hopefully even three or four or so more songs. Um, I'm going to record some solo acoustic stuff, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was like this year to me was like that idea of like, I'm deciding to like, I'm going to actually just record all of these songs, you know what I mean? I want to totally just get them out. Like, I have, it's been like so many years since I've like recorded anything, you know, I think the last time we, I put out something in like 2000 with Richfield and, uh, and uh, we put out, I think it was 2015 we put something out. And then 2016, we started recording again. And we recorded like 15, no, 12 songs and never had finished them. You know what I mean? So some of these songs that we were going to record are some of these ones that we recorded but didn't finish. And some of them are new songs. And so I'm like telling myself, I was like, this year I'm just going to fully commit to like just releasing music. I think that's another, I I, that, that's, was a, that was the thing that yeah. I shot myself in the foot. You know what I mean? Growing, sure. up, growing up with uh, this mindset of the Grateful Dead was the, that they really hate their live record or their albums like uh -huh. recording it's like they don't they, they don't know how to make a record like they can't they don't know how to all the records sound fairly like shit i mean other than like american beauty and working man's head i mean those are cool but for the most part they're just horrible at recording records and so and so they were all about this live experience and so yeah i mean being 15 16 17 18 19 and like growing up focusing on the dead as being what a band is uh-huh you know it was like yeah i took that thing of like i never really invested too much in records and making records like very much I, like i was like yeah i should record something and but i'm gonna go play shows yeah. i'm gonna go out and play shows and there's like, an there's element all, you're like i'm oh. gonna go play shows i'm gonna play shows <laughs> i'm not gonna worry about records and i was like but it was like as i've gotten older i was like oh that's right like people need something to like listen to when they're not at your show or something absolutely you know? something to actually listen to and it's like especially if you're playing Americana or folk or anything like that with a story it's like they need to hear it a few times to listen to the story and, and, and get it, sense it, it and sense relate it. to it and relate like, totally <laughs> like they have to, it takes a minute so this year I've been like this is my year I'm thinking that I'm really which I'm excited about is that we're gonna record the goal is to have a full release and then yeah I just I have once these songs are done I still have another records worth of songs that are like ready to go that are you know what I mean we have like a couple like the band with me and the band it's like we have uh, a couple hours maybe two and a half hours of music that's all original that I all like that I'm all proud of that I want to I want to be on some recording at some point you know yeah, absolutely. So, so I have yeah so I want to once this one gets done the next year even sooner so you're gonna, so you're are you saying to the audience you're gonna release a record every year every year okay. i want to do i want to do that right. i want to do i want to until i get lazy and then just stop i'll hold you to it that, <laughs> i'm also i'm also really good at just being like like i'll go through phases of writing and playing music and i'll play gigs regularly like that's always been a thing for me but um there's times where i won't write for like three years or four sure. years and i won't and i'll just completely check out like i'm like i'm gonna go fish you know that's what's <laughs> actually you're still writing it's just you know writing in a different but i way. do believe that you have to you you go through these phases of where you write and write and write and write and you have this thing and then all of a sudden it kind of dries up in my mind and sure. i always think that that's always a point where where um where that means just it's time to like put down the pen and go live again 
I you know, agree with like that. just yeah. go out and just go, on go a walk. Go yeah, go go experience. Go di- yeah. deep dive and go get really into whatever you're doing. Like, yeah, you know, do some traveling. Go see something. You know, get your heart broken. Whatever. You know. <laughs> well, Ted, it seems like you have a lot to look forward to in the future. Um, it's been quite the honor and pleasure having you. Dude, it's my been, front porch. I'm dude, it's been my great. Humble abode. Uh, <laughs> this is perfect. Well, folks, this is uh, John and Lofi checking out with No Life Fresno. I've been interviewing Ted Nunes. Um, I'll see y'all later. See you down the line. This has been a No Life Fresno production, a branding department brand. To learn more about Branding Department, visit brandingdepartment.com and check out our full blog of No Life Fresno content, including these recordings at nolifefresno.com. Music by Jonathan Lofi.